It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Break! Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan, a 970 97.1 FM. Connor Mills, the mic alongside Joe Medoras. We got you up until 7 o'clock today on this 22nd day of June. 82 degrees and partly sunny outside. And the Sports Fan presented by J&K Contracting. And, of course, phone lines are always open at 740-592-6646. Athens Baseball this weekend. They had a doubleheader against Parkersburg. And, uh, well, game one, a little bit slow to begin, but... Uh, they made it exciting at the end. They were once down seven to nothing in the top of the fourth, but have since come back uh, and tried to come back. Uh, eight to seven was a final in game number one, and then they lost the second game, which we did not have on the station by a score of three to one. And in game number two, uh, again they lost three one, uh, and it was Preston Hayes started, gave up two in the first and a solo shot in the third. Reese Wilson came on to finish the game. Athens only had one run in the third and left them loaded and had a chance to tie uh, in that bottom of the seventh inning. Athens is close. They're knocking on the door, but they find themselves with the 500 record. Uh, they ran into a pretty good team yesterday. That Wood County team was pretty solid. Came in 2-0 with two pretty uh, assertive wins versus uh, Megs to open up their season. And, you know, they just... Yeah, it's something uncharacteristic in that first game, Athens. A lot of free passes, walks. Uh, they walked more guys in that game, in game one yesterday, than they did in the entire season leading up to that point. Which is uncharacteristic. And then, you know, Wood County got the hits when he needed to. Max Anderson had a big day for them, uh, four RBIs in that first game. And also, is this the, something I've noticed, Athens has been, I wouldn't say inconsistent when it comes to hitting, because they, they scored seven runs in that game. They, had, they put the ball in play and made things happen, but uh, they seem to have, they hit in spurts, right? It hasn't really been spread out throughout the game where, they are, uh, where they're hitting the ball. They kind of have one or two big innings uh, in each of the games so far this year rather than hitting throughout all seven innings. And, you know, they kind of had, like, uh, in that game, they were down 7 nothing. then they had a big, uh, I believe it was, what, fifth and sixth inning where they uh, cut the lead down to one and were down 8-7. But other than that, you know, they kind of went down quietly the rest of those innings. They had a chance, uh, couldn't really get anything going in that uh, bottom of the seventh inning with a chance. They had the lineup turnover, but, you know, it just wasn't, uh, wasn't their day. Uh, Wood County is a good team. They're 4-0 now to start this league, and, um, you know, just wasn't, a, wasn't a, uh, what we've grown used to seeing on the mound for Athens so far in this league. Yeah, Wood County, uh, again, they defeated Megs in a doubleheader. Defeated Megs ten to four, and then won eight to four. Uh, defeated Athens by a score of eight seven, and then in game number two, three to one. But you talked about their pitching, and yeah, I mean the walks were an issue. You know, Reese Lonis was a starter, uh, went two and two thirds, let three hits, four runs, uh, gave up two walks, and uh, was able to get two strikeouts. Then Cameron East came in. He didn't walk anybody on the season until uh, on the you know on Sunday. Uh, gave up three walks, and then Will Ginder comes in, uh, gives up one run, but also allows three walks. One of those walks was the winning run. Uh, so, it, again, we're early in the summer season. These are they really haven't had organized baseball since when they went down to Florida uh, and, and tried to practice down there and get some reps in before they had to come back, and then everything got closed and, and so on and so forth. 
Uh, so I, I think from what they've had to work with to begin with, uh, I think they've done a nice job uh, to this point in the season. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's also tough uh, in that game. Yeah, a lot kind of went against them. Lonis only went two and two-thirds. There wasn't really a hard-hit ball against him, though. Just kind of some seeing-eye singles. Uh, Max Anderson had kind of a ball off the end of the bat, but it went right back up the middle where nobody was, and it got out in the center field with the bases loaded, so they scored a couple runs. They gave a, a run on a fielder's choice, and that pass ball score another run, uh, but you know, none of the hits off Lonis were really the, that hard hit of balls. They also had a guy picked off when Neitz is on the mound, who that would have got them out of that inning, but they don't get to pick off. Their, uh, he collides with... Uh, I don't remember who from Athens their base runner collided with because there's a lot of guys in the area, but it was an interference. He moved up to second, then eventually a base hit, and he scores on the very next pitch where they would have been out of the inning. So, you know, just some, a lot of unfortunate things that uh, they haven't really had. Uh, they haven't really been unlucky to this point, uh, but uh, it wasn't really, wasn't really in the cards for him yesterday. No, yeah, and really, if, if Nice gets that pickoff and everything goes to plan, you know, Athens doesn't give up uh, the, uh, the three runs that they gave up in the fourth. Because that, that would have been the third and final out. They put a little uh, two-run rally together. And then after that, well, Athens had a battle back and, and battle back in a hole, which they did. Uh, they, they've scored you know, four runs of their own uh, in one of the innings. It was four runs in the bottom of the fourth and then three runs in the bottom of the sixth uh, to get them close to eight to seven. Uh, but still, you know, they uh, streaky. You know, it's they come alive in the fourth, disappear for the fifth, come alive in the sixth and then trying to string something together. But still, I mean, it, it's baseball in the summer. You know, you just get to lay back, relax, and enjoy it. Uh, and it's always good to see that the kids are, uh, are, are playing baseball again uh, and together for the final time, most likely before they go out to college or do whatever they're going to have to do. Yeah, I would just kind of on the, along the same lines. They've been streaky. Uh, they're very good at putting together big innings. They can score three or four in one inning. But uh, pretty often... Uh, in this league so far, that's where the, they'll have all their runs come in one inning of a game, and they had the pitching to be fine with that. They could score four runs in the third inning or something. They're not going to give up five because their pitching was so well, but yesterday uh, you know, this guy a little unlucky. Wood County is able to put the ball in play. They also, you know, very disciplined at the plate. Weren't really chasing uh, pitchers' pitches and we're drawing walks and getting on base. But, yeah, rather, I mean, Athens, when they do start hitting, they do hit in bunches. You know, they, they're able to string hits together really well one through nine, if they're uh, if they have a good inning, you know they'll usually have four or five hits in the same inning. But it just doesn't seem that they can spread that out right now throughout an entire game. Now the good news is, of course, they got the tournament this weekend, but they have a couple games this week to hopefully you know try to figure that. Out. Of course, it, I mean it's early, you know what I mean. Uh, seeing live pitching for the first time after sitting out in whole spring is tough, and for the most part, most of them have done a good job putting the ball in play. They don't strike out too much. Uh, so you know that that's a positive thing. They're just uh, they're just not stringing the hits together. But I, I would assume the more we move into this summer season, these guys get more abs, more swings, see more live pitching. That uh, that will that will correct itself. I mean that's baseball. You know a lot of major league guys start out slow at the beginning of the year too. It's just sometimes how it goes. Yeah, sometimes how it goes. And you know as we take a look at the schedule, right? There's not really going to be a whole lot of sports fans this week because we've got Tuesday game against Alexander. So that'll be tomorrow at 6 o'clock, and then Warren on Wednesday at 6. Then, all right, we got a sports fan on Thursday, but then no uh, sports fan until next Monday because we got Friday, chill coffee tournament, then Saturday, Sunday, uh, and those times are to be determined at this point. I think uh, there might be a schedule out there, but still waiting on the, the finalization of it. 
but Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Chill Coffee Tournament going in reverse now. Wednesday, uh, Warren, and then tomorrow, Alexander at 6. So there's a lot of baseball to be played moving forward, and maybe that's why I didn't see I, I have to imagine that Athens is going to try to save some arms, let some guys go a little bit deeper than you know, they might normally do. That way you can still have somebody fresh and ready uh, for the next couple games because you're going to need them. Yeah, it's kind of what you have to do in tournament play. you got to hope a guy can uh, eat up innings for you in, a, in one game. If a guy can go seven, keep his pitch, town, pitch count down, that's the most ideal. You want to have the most arms available. Or also, you know, I wonder if obviously we don't know the structure of this tournament yet. Hopefully we can get somebody on sometime this week to explain, uh, you know, just how many teams, if it's like a round-robin seeding type thing, how, how it's all going to work out. But, um, you know, sometimes you can play multiple games in a day when you're playing in summer tournaments, and I assume that's how this tournament is going to be structured. Um, so, you know, you need guys to eat up innings. And I'll be interested to see maybe if guys, they'll do a rotation where maybe everybody pitches two in game one. That way you're available maybe. for the next game. I don't yeah. know. We'll, we'll see. It'll be, it'll be interesting. I mean, we've seen, like, uh, obviously the first couple games, I don't think anybody was really throwing more than two, three innings. We've seen Cornwell pitch four. We've seen Reese Wallace pitch four now in the last few games. So they're starting to, you know, extend a little bit the runs that guys are able to go on. I mean, I believe Wood County's pitcher went to the fifth inning against Athens. Yeah, and I was confused about why Wood County Legion's pitcher, Trip Barkley, would go that long because this interview with uh, that I read on on the broadcast. Yeah, you're sticking hard to that. News. You're really sticking hard to that. Well, I mean, it, it seemed, but <laughs> it was along the lines of, "Hey, this is early in the game. We're going to try to get as many arms out there, get them fresh, get them ready to go. Try not to stretch anybody out." Yeah, but they had a doubleheader too. I mean, it's yeah, different you, when you have one game. You got to have guys pitch in a doubleheader. The coach knew that he had multiple doubleheaders coming up. You had Megs with a doubleheader, and then he had Athens with a doubleheader. Uh, but he still said that statement in, in, in the newspaper, uh, you know, again, the Parkersburg News and Sentinel, um, you know, and, and he said maybe pitching two to three innings. But the thing that got me was, well, Trip Barkley was good up until he wasn't. You know, Athens scored well, uh, four in the bottom of the fourth. You know, it was time to get Barkley out of there. Uh, and I thought that that move was going to come a little bit sooner than, than it really did. I would imagine. I mean, I don't really think you put an innings limit on guys. I think it's more... Except summer college teams kind of tend to do that, which it that's just a weird way of doing things, in my opinion. You could throw three pitches in an inning. Is that really? That's not the same magnitude. Uh, so I'd imagine these key. Imagine all these coaches have their guys on some kind of pitch count limit because obviously, if you're working fast through a game, I mean, you could get through a seven inning game throwing 50, 60 pitches if you're really dealing. Well, that's what I heard of the the second game of the doubleheader. Uh, I heard it was 90 minutes. It didn't even go two hours. It was a quick in and out. Yeah, three uh, one, three one seven in yeah. game will probably tend to do that. Not a whole lot of lock, uh, walks, I'd imagine, in that game. And I guess I, I wish we could have uh, stayed and watched that game, but of course, you know, we can only uh, vote. I guess so much time uh, to sports and baseball. Yeah, it's classic hits, classic hits nine seventy. Uh, but it, it there's is a great. reason we only get an hour a day, Connor. We play the music here. True, we do play the music. <laughs> we got an hour a day for the uh, the party line. We got an hour a day for the sports fan. Uh, we got any other talk shows? I mean, we got Sky, but Sky's a DJ. We got music during her time, uh, but still, you know, it's uh, it's great to have sports on and sports back. 
of course, when we have other live sports, then we'll have uh, you know Columbus Blue Jackets in the postseason when they get here. Uh, but if there is any reruns that's happening that coincides with an Athens game, uh, we'll have that Athens game over the rerun. And then you know, vice versa, if there's a live postseason game for the NHL or uh, if baseball comes back, if the Reds uh, start airing a couple of their, their games, uh, we'll have the Reds over Athens, and then we might kick Athens over to XTQ. Uh, but, but at that time, we'll make that decision and, and figure it out. But as of right now, you know, it's Athens all the way because uh, that's live. You know, it's live, it's local, and it's always, I think it's more exciting to cover something live than to hear something back that you've already listened to. You know, you already kind of know if you've listened to the Reds, you already know that you know, Aristides Aquino won the uh, Rookie of the Month and the you know, the uh, Player of the Month award in August last year. You know, if you're listening to one of those games, and yeah, you know, Aquino probably hit two home runs in there. Uh, but still, it, it's something it's nice to listen back to, but what about the 70s games? What about the, the 80s? You know, get get a couple real throwback baseball games and, and air them on the station. Everything seems to be recent. Uh, recent when you, when you get those rewinds. Uh, but still, it, it's good to listen to. It covers some time. It covers time that they would have had uh, th- those baseball games on. Uh, and, of course, we'll have, I guess, well, Thursday, uh, 7 o'clock, we'll have the Columbus Blue Jackets rewind. But a little programming note there. We'll take a short break on the Sportsman. Unless you got something, you got something for us, Joe? Oh well, yeah, I was just going to talk okay. about the tournament a little more. I mean, you're rushing. You're, you you always do this to me. You take up the last eight <laughs> minutes of whatever segment we're on, rambling about stuff, and then. But yeah, no, I was just talking about going to bring up how the tournament for yeah. Athens kind of circle it all back here. I'm excited to go out and watch it because you know, um, obviously this league. We're not really sure. First of all, you know, if there's like divisions here, if there's like uh, whoever has the best record in like these games that Athens is playing against Parkersburg and Lancaster and Megs and all this, if there's like a division type system. But when it comes to tournament ball, I mean, you try, obviously every team's trying to win and it's much like playoff major league baseball where every, when you're playing in a tournament in elimination baseball, every play matters, right? Every play throughout a game. And it's very interesting to, uh, to watch that because you know, just everything just gets magnified. If you lose one game in a tournament, well, you know, you're either going to have to fight your way through the loser's bracket and play a lot more than you hopefully probably wanted to, and then uh, or you lose a couple and then you're done. So uh, that'll be interesting. I mean, I I mean, I just love this league just to get the chance to watch some baseball. But uh, I I can't wait to be around kind of that that tournament atmosphere this weekend to see how that goes. And looking ahead towards the schedule, right? We got the Chillicothe tournament, then an Alexander game, then the uh, resumption of the Jackson game that was uh, suspended due to lightning. That's uh, on July 1st. And then you got the Lancaster tournament. You got Parkersburg again. And I think Parkersburg comes back to Athens. That seems to be a home game on July 8th. And then you finish out with another tournament. But these individual games are really kind of wrapping up here. And we're getting into you know, tournament games. Some games you know, that you can come home with some hardware. You can come home with, with a banner or something. I don't know what's going to be awarded. Maybe a medal uh, at, at the you know, Lancaster or the Chillicothe. Because you get the two different Chillicothe tournaments, one that's going to be early this weekend, and then you have the one uh, Lancaster, and then uh, Chillicothe tournament to end this kind of baseball season. Uh, but it's an exciting time to uh, let's see how far they can go and compete against other people in the area. Yeah, tournament baseball, it can be brutal, though, sometimes. Right? If you're playing travel and you're playing a tournament every weekend, you can play three, four 
if you lose maybe even five games in a day just to try to stay alive because if you lose a game, usually you got to keep on playing if you uh, want to win the whole thing. So uh, there's some long days, but uh, uh, they're usually fun. You know, you get to play a lot of baseball in one day. Uh, hopefully it's not too hot because I know how draining that can be on uh, as a player. So, yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to watch. I want to see uh, – I mean, I want to obviously learn more information. We don't know how many teams, which teams exactly are going to be – and it out of this will be all the teams that we see on Athens' schedule. If there's other teams that have been formed, so we'll see. Yeah, I think it's going to be some random. I don't want to say random. It's going to be a team. I don't think it's going to be. You know, let's say we're going to see Megs again. We might see Megs, but I think it could be different teams. Uh, any teams who register for this tournament, because I, I believe this tournament has already been established, and you know, it's a long-standing thing. Uh, so I don't think this is kind of something new. I think uh, previous established teams enter in and then compete. So maybe some teams that might have had their season already come in and compete in the Chillicothe tournament. Uh, but the other good thing for Athens is that they'll have Carson Baker and uh, Andrew Stevens back because Baker was on vacation. Yeah, that's another key part to this yeah. past weekend. Where they were missing a couple guys. Did forget about that. Yeah, it's tough when you don't have your, your starting catcher. I think Costable did a good job. Aiden Costable did a nice job behind the plate. Uh, you know, But Baker's really been the, uh, the catcher uh, behind there. And, of course, he provided some power earlier on brought his bat along, uh, so they don't know what the game could have been if, if Baker was in there, or uh, if Andrew Stevens was in there. I think McDade played a great second base uh, over the weekends, you know, but it, it's uh, two guys that are normally in the starting lineup that uh, you didn't really get to see in this doubleheader against Parkersburg. Yeah, and I mean, also, they probably could have used Baker to, uh, in situations where they had runners on, need a big hit. I mean, Baker's just been batting fifth. Uh throughout the season, and he's leading the team in RBIs right now, tied for first with Nate Trainer. at least the last time I saw the stats. Obviously, we haven't updated him since that game, too, but Baker's up there. He's been one of their more clutch hitters early on in this season, and he's done a great job behind the plate. I mean, not too many balls get behind him. He's very fundamentally sound back there. He's got a strong arm. So, yeah, I think they were definitely missing him over the weekend. And the one with, so we, we got the game-changer app, right? Like, that's how they record all the stats and stuff. Um, uh, I went in there, and I got access through that uh, before the game on Sunday, and I, I took a look, and then it says, you know, Kevin Wiseman. I think Wiseman uh, is a quote-unquote family member of Nate Trainer, and then uh, Troy got access to there as well. Just talking about media, you know, other family members, of course, could, could be a part of it on Game Changer, uh, but Troy is a, the family member of Carson Baker. So I, I, I didn't know who to pick, you know, just because we're following the team, trying to make sure we're the, up-to-date as possible. And, uh, you know, I, I just picked Reese Lonis because, you know, we had uh, Kyle Lonis, the uh, the coach for Athens, on here. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll you know, just pick the family member of Kyle. I thought it was interesting just to see, you know, who the media is picking. So you mean you're someone's family member on the Athens Game Changer right now? According to the Game Changer, yeah. <laughs> that, that's what it is. How do I get to pick? I'm, you got to register. you got to get an account on Game Changer, and then you can either be a fan, which I think you just visit the website and account you as a fan, or you could be a family member or a parent. So, or a uh, or a player. So I think you're a player or a family member when you register for this app. But then here's the kicker: you don't even get to see like the season stats or anything. That you got to pay for that. Oh yeah, I know. They definitely yeah. All, you think that app would be for free, man? No, they're milking uh, all well, those it's, it's all those free. apps are milking money out of you somehow. It's free, I guess, for the team to use and record their stats. Yes, like the coaches, you know, whoever's the stat keeper, they all get that access, yep. and maybe the players do too. I don't think the players do. Really? I think it's a. I, I don't remember. I mean, obviously, I've been out of high school a couple of years. I feel like I would have to go through my coach if I wanted to see my stats. 
on Game Changer. I yeah. think. I, don't, I mean, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I, I feel like that's what I would have had to do. Because I thought, you know, sign up, you get to follow the team, and maybe they get some stats for you, yeah. too. That's all. You click season stats and said, hey, log in. But they didn't tell me to log in anywhere. I mean, they just said, all right, I'll log in. And then they say, all right, well, now you have to pay for X, Y, and Z. But yeah. now you get the emails. So you get the emails as soon as the stats are updated and stats are uh, uh, results of the game. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. But I, I was going through, I'm like, all right, so there's Wiseman, there's Troy. Uh, I got myself on there. Um, but it's a nice way to, to record the stats. That was, I guess, Game Changer was after I was in high school. And, of course, uh, it might have been just beginning when you were there. Pro- I th- you're a year older than me. I would have. I think it would have still been a <laughs> a thing. Maybe, it's, maybe you guys didn't use it. Yeah, maybe it's not a jersey thing. I, I don't remember I ever think using it Game been Changer. Yeah, I mean, just funny kind of. Because, yeah, as a matter of fact, I don't think players have access. Because I remember my coach used to pull me out of class, write me a pass to come see him. <laughs> and he would like yeah. show me the stats and be like, "Well, this guy's probably pitching against today, and you're 0 for six against him. So, better gear up." Yep, that's how that would go. All right, we're good to take a break now on the sports fan. We got to get two breaks in here, uh, but you're listening to Sports Fan 970 97.1 FM WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Mark Porter Autoplex in Athens is having a spring cleaning sale to clean up our inventory. Here at 750 East State Street, we have available over 400 used vehicles for you to buy. With our AAA-approved service center and body shop, you'll know you will be treated like royalty. And we have all kinds of vehicles, trucks, SUVs, and cars. So if you want a Toyota, Honda, GMC, Ford, Chevy, Kia, etc., we have it. Shop MarkPorterAuto.com 24 hours a day. Located at 750 East State Street in Athens, Ohio. Introducing the new Budweiser Nitro Gold. A lager brewed with nitro for a silky smooth finish. As smooth as my voice. So smooth, you'll enjoy hearing me read the legal disclaimer. Enjoy responsibly. 2020 Anheuser-Busch Budweiser Nitro Reserve Gold Lager. Ale in Texas, St. Louis, Missouri. All rights reserved. Kind of like new Budweiser Nitro Reserve Gold. Available now. Mm, that's right. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Sports Fan on 970 WATH. I think this is a new sports fan. I, I don't really I remember. have not heard this. I don't, yeah. What song is this? I don't even know. <laughs> so this is a this is a time where I wish we had Troy in here because he might be able to tell us what song this is. But this might just be some kind of beat that you throw under. I, I mean, no, they're they're use. I mean, I I'm usually pretty well versed in the the sports beds that play, but that nah, can't say I've heard that one. No, that's I, a new one. If you know what that song was, or if you got any uh, you know topics to talk about on the sports fan phone lines are open at seven four zero five nine two six six four six. Sports fan presented by J and K Contracting. Uh, baseball right now has voted uh, 33 to 5. That's a MLB Players Association, and they rejected the offer from Major League Baseball's 60-game offer with expanded playoffs. It now puts uh, Commissioner Rob Manfred in a position to unilaterally implement a schedule of his choosing, 
which will be interesting. The the players wanted 70 games, and they did not. I think it's what's really holding it up was they're trying to do a collective bargaining agreement, which expires at the end of next season, right? So they're trying to do that, plus get back from this pandemic, which is holding up a whole lot of different things, uh, which you got to solve one problem at a time. You know, you try to solve two problems, you're not going to solve any of them, right? I- you attack one thing at a time. Uh, which is getting baseball back for this year. But they're all right, we're going to throw in the DH for the National League. We're going to expand the playoffs here in 2020 and 2021. Uh, two things that you know, would have come up on the you know, collective bargaining agreement in 2022 to, to get a 2022 season. Uh, but still, you know, they're trying to throw these different things in there and expand playoffs and you know, gate revenue, what, what's the minimum revenue the player's going to make compared to what the owners are going to make. Like, there's too many moving parts here. Simplify it, get baseball back this year, and then worry about next year as you're playing the season this year. Like, it's not rocket science, right? Like, we're tackle one thing, do one thing, and then work on, you know, your collective bargaining agreement in the future. Just do, all right, DH in the NL, I get it. Because, all right, it's a shortened season, it helps some teams, whatever. Uh, but expanded playoffs for next year. Next year could be a full season. We're not even. We don't know what next year could look like. Just try to figure out this year, and then worry about next year when next year happens. I I, I, I can't believe they'd want to leave it up to Manfred, which I don't even know what that entails. I mean, those comments he made last week made it seem like he couldn't really care less if they played baseball or not this year. Which is an issue by the baseball commissioner. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, that that would yeah. be an issue. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, because, of course, remember, like, at first when they couldn't come to something, he was like, you're like, well, I'm going to tell you when and where to play, and you're going to play. Like, very dictator-like. And that was like, okay, I guess he's going to force him to play at some point. But Right, why would that schedule know, It's just play? the same old hat. Uh, what do the players want? That's what I want. I mean, Sem- it, seemed like this, it seemed like this last one was because uh, they were going to get their full prorated salary or whatever, right? That was the last at, proposal. At 60 games, yeah. At 60. But the players... I, I think the players think that 60 is just not enough baseball. But 10 more games is? Uh, maybe it's pay-wise. Maybe it's, you know, say, 100% of the salary, right? And then you're cutting it down by 33% because you're only playing less than half the, the, the games this year, right? So let's say 100% of the salary, you bring it down to a round ballpark at 33%, and then you, know, you can play the maximum up to 70, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say that you can still fit 70 games in. I think the players want to play as many games as possible uh, instead of having you know 60 games scheduled at maybe a 25 percent you know full prorated salary. Yeah, th- that's just a hypothetical right there. But I, I think that's somewhere close to what uh, the debate is about. You know, mm-hmm. you can still pay them up to 33 of what they were supposed to get, but you're only going to go for 25 percent. I think. So is that like the final straw? I mean, why all of a sudden is it all up to Manfred of uh, what the what the next proposal is going to be? Or not even proposal, I guess, next uh, what the next steps are going to be? Well, I think they're viewing him as like a neutral party, which I don't view Manfred as a neutral party because he's selected by the owners. Right. So if yeah, Manfred... Yeah, no, you would assume he's not... Right, because you have the owners... The players Association. You got the owners on one side, you got the players on the other side, and then you can... Maybe, maybe put Manfred in the middle and have him as a neutral party just to say, all right, this is the amount of games you're going to play. Uh, but as long, I think, as it's full prorated salary of whatever games are playing, I think the uh, baseball players will, will agree to it. Um, 
as long as they're getting their full salary. If they're going to play 60 games, then they should get paid to play 60 games. You know, if they proposed 70 games, then they wanted to get paid for 70 games. That was the issue in the beginning. You know, they wanted to go 82 games. Well, owners only wanted to pay them for 60. Well, then they wanted to play 70 games. Well, owners only want to pay them for 60. So they, I, I think they're trying to fight for more baseball than what you know, the owners really want to pay for them for. Which you, you're not going to get any sympathy from anybody else, really, because you know, baseball is a billion-dollar industry. Yeah, no one feels bad for the billionaire owners losing money right now, unfortunately. <laughs> I right. mean, not really, unfortunately. I mean, I guess, unfortunately, for them. But, uh, like, I just... I just think they're they have a really bad look right now. All the owners, you know what I mean? Like you just hear like guys like Mark Cuban coming out for the NBA, and he wants to make all these programs to help his employees and make sure they get back to playing and all this other stuff. Then you have all these MLB guys just can't. Uh, you're gonna suffer a loss this year, right? That it's just it is every, what it is. But it's not just you. You are not just suffering. Every loss. Uh, right, every everybody. Other, is. You have a job that 30 people in the world have, and right. all 30 of them are gonna suffer the same thing that you are and the shame of it is that baseball used to be you know america's sport the national pastime so well it ain't gonna be like that and that soccer is gonna pass baseball here in the next decade and that that's well soccer could you know elevate itself and uh but still it's a shame that baseball can't you know maintain their grip because it's such a great sport but they just can't you know get their stuff together to where they can actually play their sport in this pandemic delayed season there's no reason why contact sports such as the ufc or why uh you know soccer is coming back golf is coming back you know every nascar is basketball back. the nfl plans that start back on basketball schedule. nhl like every other sport has a plan to get in place but and you could probably argue anything besides maybe golf football or baseball is probably the most like socially distanced sport right out of all of them now That's of course we I understand people are concerned about the virus, so you can't just like throw it at the wayside. Like, oh, we're always spread out all the time. If you can do it safely and you can do it effectively, you should be able to do it, right? And with baseball, they, they just need a plan in place. Like, I don't know, I can't tell you how many different restaurants I've been here, right? Like, they have plans in place here. You know, all right, I, I think that I went to uh, some restaurant last night. They're like, all right, stay at your car. We'll give you a, a text when it's ready to come to the door. Then you go inside, you stay in place, you're on deck, right? And then once the people in front of you get their table, then they go in and, like, all right, your table's up next. And then the, the waitress or the hostess takes you to that place. Like, that is a plan. That is a simple plan on how to effectively maintain the COVID-19 regulations. Maybe they need to call Coach Lonis, figure out how to set up a baseball <laughs> league <laughs> for with the coronavirus guidelines being fulfilled. Yeah, I, I don't know. Since, it's- I mean, they did it pretty seamlessly down here. Obviously, there's not money involved in it, and ballparks and fans and all the other all the other money that uh, that exactly that's where we it, it's it's about money. Yeah, that that's what it boils it, down to. And that's a shame because a sport, you know, first and foremost should not be about money. Now, if you can play it at the professional level, then yeah, I mean, money gets involved, advertisements, you get you know salary, whatever it is. Uh, but you know, baseball, at its core, is is just a fun game to play. You know, it didn't start out as a professional sport. It started out as you know, a couple guys just getting together and uh, going to an open field, taking a ball and uh, taking a stick and, and having some fun. You get a couple bases, maybe designate a tree as first base, uh, maybe a, a glove. You know, Somebody had an extra glove that day. You place it down. That's your second base. And maybe have a, uh, a fence or something that's over on the third baseline that you say, all right, that's third base. 
but it's just a fun sport that you're supposed to play, and it's a shame that money is the uh, dictating factor in trying to bring baseball back at the professional level. It's, it's only going to keep hurting them. I mean, baseball's already, the, the ratings are already down. and all. That's not a thing, right? You have a sport that, whether you want to admit it or not, less people like it than they used to, and it's uh, decreasing at a rapid rate for the sport. Um, and at a time when there's no other sports on, people are thirsting to watch some kind of sport, and all you have to do is, if you put Major League Baseball on TV... Everyone will watch it right now. Doesn't matter where. And they where. can't figure it out. Yeah. I mean, that, it's it's a giant you know, slap to the face. Uh, you know, and people are watching a video game. 150,000 people are watching <laughs> a 2014 NCAA video game. People want sports. They don't care where it's coming from. And by the way, if you've been following, I think it's Barstool Sports and Coach, Coach Doug's, or it's like Barstool Big Cat. I don't know what his actual name is. That's his Twitter that's what he goes by, Big Cat. Yeah, Big Cat. But he uh, he won the, the national title. Finally. For, uh, Took him like eight go-arounds. Yeah, the Tennessee, <laughs> right? He, he yeah. For Tennessee. Yeah. And then he goes, and now he says he's back. He's, he's back come to back. Toledo. That's where it all started. Yep. He's back in the Mid-American Conference. Back to Toledo Rockets. Which I, I, I like because it brings a little bit more recognition to the underdog or the, uh, the you know, group of five, not the power five. So I, I like that shot. He's giving with it gives uh, Toledo a little bit of notoriety, which yeah, who who knows how that could pay off. But yeah, literally everyone is so invested in watching Big Cat play a video game, right? And you can't figure. Oh, it's hundred fifty thousand people are watching it, it. Oh my god! And that's just on a, a streaming service. Imagine if it was on TV, people would turn it on. If it was on the radio, people especially would like tune the regional in. broadcast, like you're gonna have everybody in your state, right? Probably watching because th- there's nothing don't else to do. Have anything else to do? Exactly. But still, uh, they, they still cannot figure out a way uh, to get baseball back in. I have never wanted to watch soccer in my life. But, I mean, sometimes this pandemic's going on. I'd see a soccer game on. I'm like, well, I mean, it's something. It is. Uh, and this today marks the 103rd straight day without MLB, NHL, NFL, or NBA games. It's the longest stretch since the NHL was formed in 1917 through the 1918 season. Mm. Uh, the previous long was 100-day stretch from September 12, 1918 through December 20th of 1918 from the end of the MLB season to the start of the NHL season. And that's uh, by Elias uh, Sports Stats. Uh, but Elias with that stat. And still, you know, with baseball, somebody's got to figure something out. I mean, NBA is coming back. It's been 103 days since we've had one of the main four sports uh, play their games. But you still got golf. You still got NASCAR. You still got UFC. Uh, what else am I missing? There's got to be other other things have already come back. Oh, yeah. They had, uh, what was it, the Belmont on Saturday? Yeah, they had the Belmont. Tis, tis the law. Dusted. Everybody. Everybody. That's got to be the favorite for the uh, Triple Crown. Oh, absolutely. Not even close. I mean, that race wasn't was over for a while. Yeah. It's always nice. It, it, was, it would have been an easy bet to win. I think I think it was, that horse was like plus 600 or something. Just a straight up winner. I think. I don't remember. I didn't really look too deeply into it. I just feel like I saw a pop-up somewhere. Yep. But, again, tis the law. That's the winner at the Belmont. And I think the Kentucky Derby is back in September. So it's going to be a long layoff for tis the law 
until uh, really September, unless maybe another side race you know, to warm up and get ready to go. I think it might be something in August, maybe in upstate New York, because that's where the horse was born and bred, upstate New York, or somewhere in New York. Uh, but that was the first time since, I think, 1882, since a New York horse won uh, the Belmont. But still making history. You know, still be able to get other sports in, but you can't get baseball. We'll, we'll see. Baseball will be played, I think, in some kind of capacity. Maybe if it just has to be here in Southeast Ohio and other regions where people have figured it out. Uh, but we'll take a short break. You're listening to The Sportsman on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact-free drop-off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer? Call Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair at 740-590-1677 or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. Where do you go when you need car insurance? Matthews Insurance Agency at 240 Columbus Road is a friendly, reliable, locally owned small business that has served the Athens area since 1945. We hope when you need insurance, you'll give us a call at 593-5573 or Google Matthews Insurance and fill out an online quote request on our website, Matthews Insurance. We're here to help. Hey, you, come see what Emily is cooking at Tavolino, home of the fresh, authentic, made-from-scratch Italian food. Stop it on your way to work for a double-shot latte or bring the family for lunch off for dinner in a spot that feels like you're back in your Nono's kitchen. Emily also does cooking class for adults and the kids alike. So dish that pasta in a box and come learn a thing or two. Stop in at Tavolino for not only a great meal, but an unforgettable experience. At 9 North Schaefer Street in Athens, Ohio, visit Tavolino on Facebook for the hours and the specials. These are the sounds of children playing and families laughing. <laughs> but these sounds were cut short. Cut short because Ohio doesn't require gates and lights at every railroad crossing. Crossbucks and stop signs? <laughs> really? Crossbucks and stop signs just aren't enough. But you can help. Report unsafe railroad crossings at angelsontrack.org. Because bad crossings kill good drivers. Sponsored by Angels on Track Air by OAB in this station. Live and local. The Sports Fan. On 970 WATH. It's a sports fan on 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. I do know this sports bet. Yeah, it's uh, this one was a little bit more familiar than the last one. I I still don't know what the last one was. You got to maybe pull up. What what is that app? The the app you just hold on the phone. Uh, It used to be. Oh no, I've never used it. But I know what you're talking about. I think Snapchat has has a yeah, they have now. something like that. But yeah. it, it, like Singify or the uh, 
Uh, I, I can't remember. You used to be able to hold it up. And then yeah, switch. yeah, I could tell you any song. Yeah. yeah. Whatever it was. Should have pulled it out. That's what we got. Now it's just... Wasn't quick, I wasn't quick to the draw yeah. to have it ready to go. That's I, wasn't, right. I mean, I don't know what sports bed's coming on. We get, I mean, people True. listening know just as much as we do yep. on what song's going to play when we come back. Yep. Uh, 6.45. We got 15 more minutes of the sports fan before CBS at the top of the hour. Uh, you're in, it's been a good day, 82 degrees, mostly sunny outside. Yeah, you uh, got some sun today. Yeah, I got a little bit of sun. You know, I got family in town. It was a nice Father's Day weekend. My dad is out here. I uh, was able to take in the Athens game on Sunday. So he did have a little bit of uh, baseball on uh, on Father's Day. Uh, they're hanging around. I think they'll be here until uh, tomorrow for Tuesday. Um, but it, it's good. You know, I took the morning show off over there. I had Captain Shane uh, anchoring the mornings on WXTQ, uh, which was nice of him to fill in. Uh, you know, because it's you know, 6 in the morning until about 7 o'clock. You know, I just need a little bit of a breather. Uh, but it, it, it's been good to uh, good to see him again. I haven't seen him since you know, really the pandemic hit. That's you know, right. You've been stuck here. It's been an eight-hour trip. Um, but it's also been a good day for the Cowboys. Dak Prescott, as he signs a $31 million uh, franchise tag. Uh, still time for a longer deal, but $31 million tag. Uh, so they have him under contract for the 2020 season. Prescott signs $31.4 million tender under that franchise tag. That would be the richest one-year contract in franchise history. Not in NFL history, but in franchise history. There are still just over three weeks left before the July 15th deadline for Prescott and the Cowboys to agree to a long-term deal. Prescott did not participate in the club's virtual offseason program while unsigned. He played in the final year of his rookie contract on just a $2 million salary last season. He was a 2016 NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, so Dak Prescott uh, signs for $31.4 million, and that's just for this season. He's going to get 30 but yeah, it's a franchise tag, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, I guess that kind of squashes, that kind of puts to bed the, the whole, oh, they signed Andy Dalton to replace him because <laughs> they didn't want to pay him because obviously uh, they still gave him a pretty good chunk of cash there for one season. And uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, I mean, I question, I kinda, I'd ask you your opinion on this. Does this make Dallas now the... Now that you, you lock in Prescott back, they draft C.D. Lamb. They've had pretty much all the talent they had last year. Uh, they also brought back Alden Smith. We don't know what that's going to do. He hasn't played football for a few years, but everybody's saying he's gotten his life back together. And when he did play, he was the best pass rusher in the NFL. Does this now make Dallas the team to beat in the NFC East? It could be. It could make Dallas the team to beat. I it's think. a weak, I mean, it's honestly a weak division outside Philly, but... Right, because you got Philly, you got the Giants, you got the Redskins, and you have the Cowboys. I think out of those teams, you don't know what you're going to get out of the Giants because the Giants have, you know, it'll be the sophomore year for Daniel Jones. And he did a nice year in year number one, replacing Eli Manning, uh, who Eli will have his jersey retired by Ole Miss, by the way. Uh, he joins, that'll be the third jersey that'll be retired by Ole Miss. One being Archie Manning, and I think, I, I forget the other one, uh, but it'll be 18 uh, Eli's 10, and I think number 33. I, I, I believe so. I saw that earlier today. But, uh, you know, you got the Giants, who probably won't... You don't know what they're going to have. You know, you got a new coach uh, with Joe Judge. You've got you know, a new offensive system, now bringing in Jason Garrett. Right. And then defensive coordinator, uh, I think that was another big name. I forget who they brought in on defense. Uh, but it, they Joe Judge basically cleaned house, and then he brought in couple of his own guys. Actually, Freddie Kitchens. 
Didn't he bring in Kitchens, too? He's just like a tight ends coach. Okay, but he, Kitchens is on that uh, coaching staff, too. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to remember who they brought in defensive-wise as well. But, yeah, they did bring in Freddie Kitchens. And Garrett, uh, Garrett's also, you know, has a solid offensive mind. He's been a solid coordinator before. Uh, I just think he, he overstayed his welcome. Uh, it's Patrick Graham's a defensive coordinator. Uh, he's completed his 11th season in the NFL. And he is now the defensive coordinator under the Giants. So, yeah, of course, the Giants are a question mark. And you have the Redskins also. Kind of similar situation, new head coach. I think Ron Rivera is a good head coach, but I don't think he's going to have instant, instantly change the culture. I mean, Dwayne Haskins, he's got a lot to show me this next year. He wasn't very good in, in, in the very limited action he had last year. Um, they do have some pieces. Like, I think Christian Thompson, a good player. I think Darius Geis having his first full year. They still have Peterson, whatever he has left in the tank. And then... Uh, they have McLaurin, of course, another Buckeye who had a great year for him last year. But, again, they just don't have right. the horses to run with Dallas and Philly. That's who this division comes down to. Um, and I just it, – it, it's, it's kind of a coin flip, right? I mean, I think Carson Wentz, the fact that he got that team to the playoffs last year, which was basically, you know, band-aged, band-aided together going into that playoff game against the Seahawks. I mean, they had no notable guys throwing the ball the best- to the best thing that I think I saw, there was a, uh, a firefighter who caught a baby out the window, and he said, well, it's not like uh, Daniel Aguilar could have caught him. <laughs> Referencing, you know, Philly yeah. fans are, are unique, you know. Oh, um, God. But there was somebody They're... who caught the baby out the, out the window. It was a uh, firefighter. Right. And yeah, Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. Yeah. Nelson... Can't catch. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, that's how they take their sports so seriously. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, personally, I do think, uh, uh, as much as the national media likes to hate on, on the Cowboys most of the time. Um, I, I think they're probably the best team in the NFC East. I think Dak, I think they just have so many, I mean, Zeke back still the great O-line. They have Amari Cooper. They signed him back. They brought in C.D. Lamb. Uh, the defense, I think, will be better than last year with some of the additions they've made. Also, Jamal Adams, what did they trade for him? Uh, Jets better not trade Jamal Adams. They yeah. got they got to make amends with it's Jamal coming, Adams. It's coming, pal. They got to make amends with he him. He already said he's out. Uh, listen, you can say that you're out, but if you're going to give him, I don't know, maybe a $31 million uh, a year contract, I don't know. Just for what it's throw- worth, Eric Mangini said he wouldn't do that, but it's Eric Mangini, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The uh, um, Joe Douglas is the GM right now, so let's see what yeah. Douglas wants to do with Jamal Adams. Uh, but still, you know, I think the Cowboys would have been all right even if they didn't sign Prescott or uh, Prescott or use a uh, franchise tag on him because they still had Andy Dalton backing him up, and Dalton put up good numbers before he was benched uh, last year for Ryan Finley, I think was the the backup right there for the Bengals. Yep. Uh, and you know, the Bengals had to do that just to see what they had in the backup quarterback. He's the backup for a, a, a reason. Uh, you need to make sure that you get him some reps, see what he can do on the NFL level. And it just did not pan out. And of course, you know, Bengals drafted Joe, and but still, Cowboys would would be good either way with Prescott or with Andy Dalton. Uh, the thing that I'm concerned about, we mentioned the contract with Prescott, thirty one million dollars, is that Joe is still unsigned by the Bengals. Now, I think the last report that I saw was that you know he's going to wait off, see what happens, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, why wouldn't you want to? to sign with the Bengals. And I'm, who knows? You know, maybe they have some kind of contract. Uh, no, I mean, sometimes they, ta- yeah, sometimes they just take longer than others for other rookies. That's so probably not right. of concern. I don't think Joe Burrow's going to pull a John Elway and uh, just not sign with a team that drafted him and <laughs> go play somewhere else. 
Yeah, I mean, it's probably just taking some time. You know, the pandemic probably delaying things as well with that. Maybe he wants an in-person signing or something. I don't know what, what the... Uh, I don't know what's hold, holding it up, but you know, Tua's got a contract with the Dolphins. Uh, one of the, I think Tua signed one of the biggest rookie contracts ever, right, for a quarterback. But we'll see. Yeah, it's still as of I think May 10th, uh, May 8th. ESPN put out an article: Joe Burrow waiting to see about coronavirus pandemic before signing. Uh, but you know, with other quarterbacks, I, I I got no concern. You know, Bengals wanted Joe. Joe wants to play. Uh, so I, I think that he'll be all right uh, signing with the Bengals and whatever contract that they give him. Uh, but it was reported earlier on that it was going to be a $36 million contract with a $24 million signing bonus. Uh, so that's, mm. a, that's a lot of money just to... You know, the salary is 30... What did I say? 36? Yeah, $36 million. Over, over what? Uh, well, he's got, what, four than the fifth-year option, of course. Right. As you do as a first-round pick. So that, so that signing bonus, wow. Yeah, twenty-four million dollars <laughs> signing bonus. So the number one overall pick, and he was projected around the sixth, sixth round before his his last year at LSU. Yeah, well, I mean, you have to admit his junior year or whatever year it was. I don't know. He's been in college so long. Um, I guess technically I guess his junior year, first first, first year, senior year, whatever. Well, it was. he graduated a year early, right, right from uh, Ohio State, and then after he got his degree from Ohio State, transferred to LSU. And then he had two years of eligibility left with LSU, and then. Uh, you know, LSU was ranked his yeah. uh, first year there, and then the second year while he was getting his uh, master's degree, of course, number one. You know, I mean, whatever class he was considered, you have to admit his first year at LSU was nowhere near as prolific as his second. So I get, obviously that is why he was um, predicted so late in the draft. I mean, LSU had a good team, but it, it, it was kind of similar to older LSU teams where the defense is really solid and the offense could. They could be okay at times, but, you know, Bama beat him 30 to nothing in LSU. You know, they just weren't the same team. And then he came back this year, and, you know, whatever he did over the offseason, I don't know if it was just becoming more comfortable in Joe Brady's system or, you know, he just worked hard and became, you know, obviously the best player in college football. Uh, probably one of the best, not one of the, the best quarterback season in, in college. I mean, we've talked about it millions of times. We all know the story. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's going to sign with Cincinnati for sure. Uh, I think yeah. it's, you know, the pandemic's kind of delaying some things. Right. I got no concerns until there's another report about it. You know, no news is good news, right? Because if there was some news, there was some talk, I think we would have heard about it by now. Uh, but it seems that, you know, everything will be all right until, I guess, it is all right. Uh, but two things, uh, Rutgers football players, two of them have been tested positive for coronavirus. Coach uh, Greg Schiano discussed the positive tests Monday. Uh, during conference call media, it was his first availability since the team was allowed to run, uh, return to campus for voluntary workouts. Giannis said players and coaches were tested before the team returned on June 15th. One of the positive tests came from those samples, and the player was isolated. The second positive test came from a sample taken when players reported on June 15th. The player was isolated, and three players who had contact with him were put into quarantine. Uh, so we were talking about college football, and now college football is trying to figure out a way to come back safely. I think Clemson had, what, 28 people test positive on their team? Yeah, it, like, started with two, and then all of a sudden, uh, uh, kind of like, you know, sometimes, uh, like, the flu or something or cold gets spread through a locker room. Obviously, that could probably happen with this, too, where it kind of spreads pretty quickly when you're all hanging out with the same people uh, all the time. But, you know. Right. It's, as long as, I mean, the issues come when people are uh, symptomatic, I suppose. Uh, we don't really, you, don't, you know, you don't really see those 
Well, you, you don't really still... get the you don't really get the scoop on if they're symptomatic or not. You just hear that they got it. Right. Well, even if they're asymptomatic, I think at one point they were saying that it, it could still transfer. Yeah, yeah, it, it, that is the thing. Obviously, um, you know, they're not supposed to, if you're, even if you have and you're asymptomatic, you're still supposed to quarantine for two weeks, however long the period of time is. But I don't know. I think it's, if you have a bunch, this is what I, what I know. Obviously, we're getting on a medical tangent now. A <laughs> bunch of asymptomatic people in one room. What's the issue? I don't know. I mean, they want to... I get it. You know, it's Obviously, they can't safety. spread it to people outside of the locker room. They have to stay. You have to be disciplined. You can't be going out doing stupid stuff. If you want to play a season, you can't be spreading this virus out to other people. Right. But if everyone on the team gets in, they're all asymptomatic. What is the... What's what's the problem? Maybe that... They, well, they might want to test and see where they got it from. That might be the issue. You know, because if somebody you know, gets it from somebody who's symptomatic, then they got to contact trace and, and roll it all the way back so that maybe the whole team doesn't get uh, tested positive you know i think that's the overall idea of it you know try to make sure that you don't test positive <laughs> stop the spread and uh you know, quarantine and everything uh, but it's different in different places you know i think new jersey new york have gotten a hold of it you know but then there was a spike in florida yeah you know, we it, heard that the texans had uh, you know, a, a couple players test positive. We yeah. heard that Florida, a couple college players and, and professionals tested positive. Yeah, obviously the te- Texas is kind of the exception. It's such a big state, but most of the affected areas have been the coast because obviously more people live on the coast. It's more crowded, to whereas in the middle, Midwest and everything else, there hasn't been as many cases that you've really been hearing popping up. It's main, the main, you know, the main uh, hot spots for the outbreak have been on the coast. Right on the coasts and a couple couple different locations. But hopefully they come back healthy. Hopefully they come back safely. And hopefully you enjoy the sports fan today on this 22nd day of June. CBS News at the top of the hour comes next. But for Joe Medora, this is Connor Mills signing off. Thanks for joining us. We will see you for Athens Baseball tomorrow at 6 p.m. This has been the Sports Fan presented by JNK Contracting. See you tomorrow. 70th year of service to Southeast Ohio. AM 970 and 97.1 FM. A troubling trend in South Florida. Hospitalizations are up. Ventilators are up. ICU patients are up. Did he order a slowdown in testing? AIDS insisted Mr. Trump was joking. And NASCAR rallies behind its only black driver. There is no place for racism in NASCAR. This is the World News Roundup Late Edition. I'm Pam Coulter in Washington. With alarming spikes in coronavirus cases in the South and Western U.S., there's growing concern that progress made against the outbreak is slipping away. Miami Mayor Francis Suarez. In the state of Florida, uh, the high water mark was 1,300 cases, and we've seen days with 47 cases, which is more than three times the high watermark. With increasing infections in Texas, Governor Greg Abbott is emphasizing the use of masks and social distancing. Not taking action to slow the spread will cause COVID to spread even worse, risking people's lives and ultimately leading to the closure of more businesses. The World Health Organization warns the pandemic is accelerating with more than 150,000 new cases around the world reported yesterday, the most in a single day.
During his weekend rally in Tulsa, President Trump said he ordered his staff to slow down testing for the virus, but his spokeswoman says that's not the case. No, he has not directed that. The White House press secretary insists her boss was joking when he said at his Saturday night rally. So I said to my people, slow the testing down, please. Kaylee McEnany says Mr. Trump was speaking in jest, but in an interview with EW Scripps Television, the president again suggested the U.S. is doing too much testing. We did slow it down, we wouldn't show nearly as many cases. Stephen Portnoy, CBS News, Washington. Two more members of the Trump campaign advance team in Tulsa, for a total of eight, have tested positive for the virus. They were at the rally but wore masks. A manhunt is underway for the person who left a racist symbol for NASCAR's only black driver. CBS's Steve Futterman. The FBI is now assisting NASCAR in trying to identify who placed a noose inside Bubba Wallace's Talladega Speedway garage. And prosecutors are trying to determine what criminal charges might apply. The president of NASCAR, Steve Phelps, says there will be no lenience for those responsible. They will be banned from this sport for life. There is no room for this at all. Uh, I don't care who they are, they will not be here. Before the race began, as we stand together against racism, moving words during the invocation, guide us to true liberty and justice for all. Steve Futterman, CBS News. Stocks were higher across the board on Wall Street today. The Dow was up 153. NASDAQ gained 110. Now this. CBS News Radio is your home for breaking news. With our team of reporters around the country and the world, we give you the coverage you can trust. The following is made possible by Dad. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling all over it. <laughs> the Dad Joke. Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. Why do you have to be careful when swinging cats and 